Blog Talk Radio. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. Drop that puck! 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 Take a seat, because you've just been sent to the sin bin with your host, Recently returned from his forced deportation to Canada and that country's subsequent refusal to accept him, Paul Rogers! Alright, I want to welcome everybody to our regular Tuesday edition of the Seattle Sin Bin. And uh, I've got... With me on the line, I believe, my co-host, Otto Rogers. Otto, are you there? I am here, Paul. How are you? I'm good. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you perfectly. Okay, that's great. Um, So, I thought this was going to be kind of a quiet week. But uh, not been so quiet so far, has it? Oh, my gosh. The last 48 hours, it has just been... uh... This is a nonstop news since about what eight AM yesterday morning. So it's been crazy. Yeah, it's it's been crazy. It's been crazy. And I, I thought yesterday was crazy. And uh, you know, we had we ran a special edition of the podcast last night, uh, because that was big news in and of itself. But then uh earlier today I went into a meeting at my at my paying job and uh I went in there the under job. one set of assumptions. Yeah, my real job. I went in there assuming that when I came out tonight, I was going to uh, record, I was going to pre-record a segment of the podcast um, with Matt Baker of TSN 1040 in Vancouver, and my my meeting uh, changed that because it lasted longer than I was hoping. And then when I got out of the meeting, I found out, I find out that all hell's broken loose again uh, within the course of an hour, and uh, lo and behold, we've got Jeff Baker making a bunch of tweets, we've got uh, Chris Daniels making a bunch of tweets. And some news came out today, and apparently um, the land that was revealed yesterday um, is not necessarily the land that the the arena is going to go on. It's it's attached to it, but there's a lot more land that's been acquired than what we thought yesterday. So, and and that's good. That's really good. Um, And uh, so, the long and the short of it is, uh, Jeff Baker has agreed to come on the show for us one more time. Uh, tonight to go over the latest news. And before he agreed to come on, uh, this new, this latest thing from today had not broken yet. So uh, I kind of think he did me a favor by by agreeing to come on uh, when uh, he knew there was going to be more news that broke. Um, and, you know, Otto, it looks like right now that Jeff Baker has uh, called in. So uh, let's let's talk to Jeff right now. Jeff, are you there? I'm there. Yes, yes. And there. It's been a busy day, as you can imagine. It's been a busy, busy last day. couple of hours. Busy last couple of hours. Well, before we get to the to the breaking news of the last two days, I mean, there's been, there's been a ton of it. I wanted to talk about something a, a little bit more fun. Uh, my co, I, I don't think you've met my co-host Otto Rogers. He's he's with us tonight. He wasn't with us last week. Uh, but my co-host. I think I met him last year at the. Uh, I think I met him at the Angry Beaver last year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Oh, you probably you probably did. Yeah, yeah, I think I did. Yeah, so my my co-host Otto is a hardcore Detroit Red Wings fan, and 
Uh, it looked like the Red Wings had that series all wrapped up, but then something really weird happened. What's how's that series between the Lightning and the Red Wings going to go, Jeff? Uh, well, it's not looking too good. You got to protect a two-goal lead in the last five minutes of the game. That's always important, especially when you're on home ice, um, or, or especially when you got a chance to take a stranglehold on your series. Uh, they had a they had, they, they should have had this thing wrapped up a while ago. Um, you know, I would like to say the Lightning are going to lose. I think they're a very good team, and I like them at home, unfortunately. So, um, yeah. yeah, you know, I'd like to see a Montreal-Detroit matchup a lot more practical, probably because the Canadians have lost every game they've played against the Lightning this year, whereas they've won, I think, every game they've played the Red Wings. So that's always uh, it's always a benefit. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, the the, uh, the Canadians actually went through a little bit of a scare, too, didn't they? I mean, it uh, it looked like they were going to sweep that series, and they wound up taking it six games, but they, they did take the series. So, uh, that's You know, I've seen them you. do that one time before. I remember, I think it was 1992, I think they were playing Hartford. They had a 3 nothing lead, and they lost the next two. And then they had to go back into Hartford and win, but they won in overtime. And, you know, that, that's why you play a seven-game series. A 3-0 lead, there's, only, there's a reason it's only – you've only had comebacks, I think, four times in NHL history. And, and uh, you know, it, it, it made me a little nervous, especially watching at the end of – I was flying back from New York. Uh, I was on a – playing Sunday trying to live stream it on Ustream, uh, live stream the game, and I was getting in fits and starts, and it kicked out on me in the last 30 seconds when it was still one nothing. so I was I was kind of having a panic attack on the airplane, but, uh, you know, they held on even without my help. Yeah, so so Otto, how's your stress level with the with the Red Rooms right now? Uh, well, it's um, after that epic uh, game, um, game four collapse, uh, it was pretty bad, and I just found out that Cronwall has been suspended for Game Seven, so that's not good times. Ouch! Ouch! Yeah. I'm not All happy. right. Well, enough, enough, uh, enough of torturing Otto. Uh, <laughs> we we've had quite a bit of breaking news over the last 48 hours. It came out yesterday that uh, uh, Ray Bartizek. Uh, who had been mentioned before as a competing ownership group and a competing arena location seeker, uh, had actually come forward with a letter to the city of Tequila. And in that letter, he was asking for clarification on zoning. And, you know, we we got some renderings of maps, and it looked like the, the, the land was too small. But, uh, uh, Jeff, in the last two hours, uh, a bunch of news has come uh, bursting on the scene. What in the world has happened in the last two hours that we found out? Well, what's happened from the beginning is we had a we had filed a public uh, records request with the city of Tugwilla back in uh, I believe it was on March 30th, asking for all information regarding uh, conversations with the architect of this project, conversations with uh, any any owners regarding potential uh, deal with the city of Tugwilla. And you know, at the time they said they needed four weeks worth of time to get this out. And um, and so, you know, we, we took that on good faith. And then, uh, but it turns out in the interim, um, Ray Bartizak was informed that uh, we had put in this public uh, public records request and that they were going to submit it to us uh, tomorrow. It was supposed to be submitted tomorrow, the, the response to that, all these documents. And so, uh, you know, in the interim, somebody managed to leak uh, the story ahead of time to ESPN to, I guess try to get the the version of their story out that they wanted nationally before we got a hold of the documents. And so, I mean, that's not the city of Tugwil is doing. Although they they say it's their policy to inform people when they're going to release sensitive documents like this. So they told Ray Bartizek ahead of time that we were going to be basically finding out all about this project on Wednesday. And so that's I think that had a lot to do with the release yesterday. 
And uh, and then what the city of Tugwilla decided to do was to release the documents they had gathered for us to all the media um, today. And so uh, they gave it to us uh, basically all at the same time. And so now we're sifting through hundreds of pages of documents trying to uh, find all the stuff that pertains to this Bartizak group with Bill Russell and with um, with Fred Brown and and uh, Jerry Lee, the architect, uh, that goes back to uh, early last year. So there's all kinds of stuff, and there's all kinds of there's no rhyme or reason to some of these documents, and so we're just we're going through them all as they uh, as they come up here, trying so to sort them more out so out. we can write a story. Pardon me. Yeah. So there there'll be more coming out over the next day or so probably. Uh yeah, I mean there's there's too much here to read in one shot. Um but yeah, there's all kinds of uh information here. There's all kinds of renderings. The trick is finding out and we had done some work on the land earlier today. We had talked to some people earlier today. Um in Tukwila who had informed us uh, where the where the arena land was. It wasn't quite where uh, the drawing was in, in, in today's paper. That's partly because the letter that the Bartizak group submitted to Tugwilla it, it incorrectly states that the arena land itself is going to be between, between two sets of railroad tracks. That's actually where they're going to put the parking garage, from what we can ascertain. Mm-hmm. And uh, the arena is actually going to be further um, further west of that, right adjacent to uh, to uh, uh, Highway 181. And so, I mean, it makes more sense. It's a much wider parcel. It's eight different parcels of land. They've got sales agreements in place with the owners. Uh, I, I hear that some deposits have been made already, and uh, the, the agreements can be executed at any time going forward once this project unfolds. And so it's a much wider uh, – it, it's a little smaller, I believe, than, than the than, than the parking garage parcel, but it's it's a lot wider. If you looked at the strip of land yesterday uh, – that that you know people were identifying. I mean, it's a little too thin to put an arena on. This one's a lot a, a lot uh, wider, so it looks like a much more uh, right. a feasible venture than it did a few hours ago. Right. So one of the things that came out um, in the last couple hours was that uh, the city of Tukwila had actually been in communication with the NHL and I believe the NBA, uh, talking about uh, willingness to expedite the environmental reviews. Uh, talk about that. What's the, what's the impact that that's going to have on things? Well, I mean that's that's huge because as you know, this is becoming a race against time, uh, a race between Chris Hansen's group trying to build in Soto and and this Tukwila group trying to build in Tukwila, and really whoever gets the arena deal done first is going to have a leg up on the other group as far as the NHL is concerned. The NHL made it very clear to me last week. Gary Bettman did that. They they want to see signed documents. They want to see a plan. They want financing together, and so. You know, if if this group can get this the, the, their version of the EIS completed, signed off on, and everything by the end of this year, they're going to be ahead of the Chris Hansen group, and that's what this letter, which was written last November by uh, by the Economic Develop uh, Development Administrator of Tukwila, he wrote it to uh, he wrote a letter he wrote one letter to uh, the architect from the Bartoszek group, and he wrote another one to uh, the NHL. The mayor actually wrote that letter to the NHL, but both of them indicated they're ready to expedite this process if they can. And, and the letter yeah. to the architect said their normal EIS process takes 6 to 12 months from the from the time that the request is submitted. It's going to be submitted on Friday, uh, or by Friday at the latest of this week. And so you look ahead six months, that doesn't even take you to the end of the year. And so 6 to 12 months is the normal period of time, and they're going to try to expedite it. They're going to try to fast-track it. So uh, we'll so, see if that, okay, if that six happens. Months, six months puts us into October, I believe. Is, is there, right. since they're expediting, is there a chance it could be sooner than October? 
It could be, yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I think because it's a project of a, a grand scale, I, I would have to think that, you know, I, I wouldn't put money on that happening, uh, on it being outside the minimum. But, but certainly, uh, you know, I think it would be they would be aiming for the low end of the spectrum. And certainly, the people I've talked to say they're confident this can get done by the end of the year, if there's no major hurdle that pops up. And, and from the documents we're reading, I mean, this stuff's been looked at for a while. This didn't just happen the last month. I mean, this this goes back well into last year. They were looking at all kinds of combinations of land and uses of it for this project uh, when, when Fred Brown and Bill Russell were taking the lead and then Ray Bartizak joined them uh, late last year. And, and so now you've got this this group that, that's done a lot of legwork on this and a lot of research has gone into this already. So it didn't just happen in the last month or two. So um, that's a good segue because I was going to ask you about uh, what the involvement of Fred Brown and Bill Russell is, and it sounds like they had uh, a leadership role early on. Um, what What's their role evolving into? Are they going to still be leaders in this, or are they kind of uh, there in name value only? What, what's going on with them? I'm, I'm told their role is mostly in name value, um, although they were the ones spearheading this before Bartizek came along. Mm-hmm. Bartizek's the money behind these guys, and so it's going to be his money coming forward. Uh, primarily, he's got the money. They don't, um, you know, relatively. And, uh, you know, there's a letter that we found that was written by um, – written by by Fred Brown early on in the process, and um, he was having a conversation with the mayor, Jim Hagerton, the mayor of, of Tukwila, and the mayor told the mayor thanked him for expressing his interest in bringing an NBA team back to Tukwila. He it, it's mentions in that letter that, that the reason why um, Fred Brown is, is going around trying to get this arena built is to one day get an NBA team back here. So, you you know, people were speculating that yesterday, that, that of course, Russell and Brown would be involved if the NBA was, if the goal was to get an NBA team, and this basically spells it out in black and white. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a hockey arena to start, but I can see the NBA coming in down the road, and that's why they're there. And, and Jerry Lee's there for his architectural uh, expertise so that that that's where that all fits in yeah so i i've i've heard some whispers that uh uh maybe fred brown uh may have ruffled some feathers over the years and that that could possibly uh harm the project with his involvement is it possible that uh as famous as he is uh that maybe uh the effort um with the arena right before the sonics left that was kind of a Red herring. Is it possible that there there could be some investors that are put off by Fred Fred, uh, Fred Brown's involvement? I mean, yeah, that's possible. Um, you know, this group's obviously going to try to get local investors. Um, I mean, that, that makes that makes a lot of sense. And and you know, I know Bartizak was courting some local investors when he was thinking of bringing the Phoenix Coyotes up here a couple of years ago. He had local investors lined up, and I'm sure he's got similar guys uh, looking to invest with that project right now. I, I will say that, that from the correspondence I've seen between the group and the city of Tukwila, it doesn't appear there's any 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 issues with, with Fred Brown's um, viability as a member of this, this project. I haven't seen any red flags raised. I haven't heard anything um, bad from the NHL headquarters about this group based on Fred Brown's 
involvement. I mean, this group is looked at as, as Ray Bartoszak's group, and it should be because he's putting up the money, and that's how the NHL is going to view it. Is is you know they have faith in Ray Bartoszak that goes back, um, you know, beyond this year, and uh, and I think he's a guy. He's got a very good reputation on the East Coast uh, when you check him out with with the people who matter out there and the money people and the power people. I mean, he's legit guy. He's not some fly-by-night guy who just popped up, and, and I think the NHL views him that way. So I, I don't know that they're going to get all that excited about a minor minor player in this, like Fred Brown. I mean, Fred Brown's a big name out here in Seattle, had a great NBA career. Um, but, you know, on the East Coast, is that name going to resonate and always like it does here? No, not really. And I don't think that's going to impact the NHL's decision one way or the other. What is going to impact it is, is whether they have their financing together. They say they do. That remains to be seen. Um, and whether they have an arena plan that, that can work, quite frankly. Uh, you know, talk is cheap. So we've, we've heard a lot of talk here the last couple of years, so it's time for these people to put up. And, and you know, these documents are a start. There, there's, there, there's ample information being supplied out there to, to various people. And, um, and, you know, whether that's going to be good enough to get an arena done uh, remains to be seen. I think, you know, the ball's really in Chris Hansen's court right now. I think if Chris Hansen was to step up and and pro- provide funding for an NHL first project, if he was to go private like these guys are going, um, you know, I can't see very much standing in, in the way of Chris Hansen getting that arena built in Soto. I mean, so that remains to be seen. And I think that's why you're seeing the mayor and others put at the NHL put so much pressure on Chris Hansen to come up with an NHL first scenario because they're getting tired of waiting. And I'm going to put, I'm assuming this, I'm putting words in the mayor's mouth and in the NHL's mouth, but I think that's what's going on here. I think they, they're tired of this process dragging out and they want to see, are these guys going to step up and, and make this thing work? Or are we going to drag through a, an MOU process and drag through a, an FEIS process that goes on endlessly? I think if you take care of the MOU, uh, it's going to clear up a lot of problems for, for Chris Hansen um, politically going forward. I can't see too much opposition lining up against him in the city if if he comes forward with a, a privately funded project. But that said, it's easy for me to talk. It's not my money. He has to make it work for himself financially. And frankly, the city's stuck with him for another two and a half years if he can't make it work because they've, they've got a binding agreement from what I've seen. So unless they can find a way to get out of that, uh, MOU that they have with Hanson, the, the city of Seattle is going to have to sit back and watch and see whether this Tuckwilla thing works out, whether something works out in Bellevue as well. I hear that the Bellevue thing is still uh, is, is still very much in play, um, but you know others have to step forward. Like I said, talk is cheap. You mentioned that, uh, and this is one of the, this is the one of the huge pieces of information that came out yesterday was that Bartizak does intend this to be a privately funded arena. Um, and, uh, how sure are we that that's actually going to happen? I, I mean, is it going to be a situation to where when uh, uh, I understand he's applying for the uh, arena reviews uh, this Friday, will we know more about the financing at that point when he when he makes that application? Yeah, that's a good question. I would think they would have to include some specific documents about that. I haven't seen very much in the way of that here. That's what I've been combing through these files trying to find um, and so, uh, yeah, I would imagine that that would uh, have to spell out a, a lot of the details because it's hard to me- measure the impact of something um, unless you know the full scope of the project and who's paying for it and, and this, that, and the other, and who's right. going to pay for anything to be fixed. I mean, that's that's something that you really have to uh, you really have to get specific on before any any city is going to going to rubber stamp a project or, or sign off, I should say, on a project. Right. When uh, Tequila was first mentioned, I think back in January, um, it, 
the land that most people were looking at, I believe, was the, the David Sabi land. Is, is that land um, dead on arrival, or are there other groups that could be still looking at that land? I'm told there could be other groups still looking at it at this point. Um, but, you know, they can look at it all they want. They're going to have to do something eventually. Um, you know, frankly, the, 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 the Sabi land, if it's just Ray Bartizak alone, I think the Sabi land making a deal work there would be too expensive for his group. You know, it's one thing when he was courting Thomas Tall, it's, an, you know, trying to get other investors on there. It's another thing if he's going to be the main guy. Um, you know, you're looking at a 66-acre parcel of land that Sabi controls. You're looking at, you know, the idea was, you know, you know maybe buy up a lot of that land, build a super entertainment complex around this thing and, and try to make it work. It, I think that might be too vast for what they're trying to do here. Uh, I, I, they're, they're going to take this project in this other part of Tukwila in, in small stages. They're going to build the arena and the parking garage first, then look to incorporate some new aspects of, of entertainment around it after that arena is done and an NHL team is, is acquired and, and that kind of thing. And, and you know, I, I just I think the land size that they're dealing with here in, in this part of Tukwila is a lot more in scope with what a, a Bartizak financed project could probably afford. At this stage, I mean, he's, you know, unless he was to bring on a big time partner uh, to go with him and and, and increase the money pool, I'm not sure. You're looking at $500 million for an arena and uh, $500 million for a franchise fee, really. I mean, that's a billion bucks right there. Uh, I don't know that Bartizak's even worth a million dollars. So, you know, he's going to have to take on some partners, but he doesn't have a Steve Ballmer waiting who, who can make a project like that. Uh, work right now, and you know there are questions about this site, but the this, this site's probably the the next best option that I can see out there. Um, yeah. Not being a Tukwila expert, that I can see, just just in terms of proximity to the highways and proximity to the Sounder station. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you have any questions for Jeff? Yeah, I was wondering about the uh, the, the the train tracks that run alongside that location is. Some of the some of the drawings and things it looks like um, either incorporate part of those train tracks or is there anything going on with in regards to mitigation of one or both of those train tracks? Well, I know they were trying to buy some of the tracks and, and do something with that. It doesn't look like that's actually happened. I mean, again, we're dealing with like hundreds of documents here. Um, as far as I can see, the two sets of tracks that were running just south of that Sounder station, uh, that's looks like it's going to surround the parking garage and it looks like there could be some kind of a pedestrian bridge built um, at that point. But again, I, I mean, I'm just speculating because I'm looking at stuff that was proposed like a while back and I'm not sure if it's been thrown out or not. I'm, I'm literally just going through this stuff as I'm talking to you. Right. And, and um, another question, have you seen anything in the documents or anything that you know about the area where, they, they they could uh, build up entertainment around the Green River area, or is that is that like not economically or environmentally possible to do that? No, I mean I, I was told that they're looking at other parcels of land that they don't already control. Um, I was told this earlier today before the documents were released that that the Bartizak group is looking at other parcels of land and that it could include land in that area, um, but they they haven't made any definitive decisions on that yet. Uh, they've got eight parcels that they control right now. They've got, uh, it looks like a, a, some kind of a tentative deal for the uh, parking garage area. 
which would be the land that we discussed yesterday that was bought by the Minnesota company. Um, right. And uh, but that's it as far, and they're looking at other places as well to expand, and and they're hoping that some of the people in the area will be anxious to help them expand once this thing gets going. Right. And and just one final question for me, Jeff. Um, you you just mentioned Thomas Cole. Um, has, is there an update with him in regards to him being maybe the primary NBA partner down the road, or has those talks kind of uh, wind down? I heard that the Bardazak group had uh, approached Thomas Tall and that uh, he is not a part of the group. That's okay. that's what I heard. Um, uh, you know, there's been speculation around town that Tall might be partnering with another group, and that's entirely possible. Um, as I said, I mean, there are groups that are still sniffing around Bellevue. So, but but until one of them steps forward, I mean, we already mentioned that Jack Sperling was looking to put a group together. You know, whether he has or he hasn't, as of yet, I, I don't know. But I think if he had put it together, we'd be hearing from him at some point soon. Um, but you know, so far, Bart is actually the first guy who's come forward in, in this uh, in this scenario. And and you know, until somebody else comes forward, you know, we're going to hear lots of rumors about Thomas Tall. Um, because his name just got thrown out there by Bill Simmons, it's not the name kind of name you throw out in relation to Seattle unless you've actually heard something definitive. Uh, I keep hearing that he is talking to a variety of groups, and he has been ever since we wrote our story a couple months ago. Uh, and the Bartizak group was one of them, but he's decided apparently not to go with them. Okay. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks. All right. So, so Jeff, one more question. Um, yeah. So the, obviously, this whole situation is so fluid right now, and, and it changes from moment to moment. Um, what's your gut tell you? Is uh, is Soto going to step up here, or is uh, Tequila going to take this from them? That's a good question. Um, as of right now, as of right now, I would say that Tequila is in a good position to take it from them. I would say Bellevue is in a good position to take it from them. Don't forget, we still don't know what's going on with Bellevue uh, altogether, but we know there's still some activity ongoing with that. And, and just because we haven't heard anything, I mean, we hadn't heard anything from Bartizak until 24 hours ago. So, um, you know, we could hear something, you know, in the next week, in the next month. And uh, as I said, though, I mean, if you're the NHL, where are you going to want your team primarily? You're going to want it in the heart of the city if you can do it. Now, if it's impossible, then they'll look somewhere else and not go to Seattle. But, you know, you have a guy looking to build it right in the heart of Soto, right next to existing sports facilities. I would have to say that, you know, based on that, Chris Hansen would be in the lead as far as winning over the hearts and minds of the NHL and the NBA. I mean, yeah, you're, you're not, if you're a league and you have your druthers, you're not going to choose Tuckwilla over Soto. Uh, but you are going to choose it over Soto if it's an impossible task to get it done. And, and Really, you know, beyond the FEIS, I think too much has been made of the FEIS May 7th uh, release of it. It's not some watershed moment that's going to change this debate. It's just a release of the document. There's a whole lot of steps that have to come after that and a whole lot of opposition it's going to encounter uh, down the road. I can tell you that from people I've spoken to in the community. That said, even if that gets worked out, you still have to work out the MOU financing as well. And that's where, you know, the ball, as I said, really is in the court of Hansen and Victor Coleman. And that's why you hear the mayor saying on a daily basis in his press releases that, that we saw put out yesterday and in, 
in anything he said to me directly and to other people, I mean, he's challenging Hanson to, or somebody to come up with an NHL first project that works in this city. And uh, when he uses the word pencil out, he means something that's not going to, you know, you know, require the city to, to, to hemorrhage a bunch yeah. of money, something that he can sell politically so that he doesn't, it doesn't get skewered and is DOA on, on arrival at, uh, on the council floor. So, you know, if you're asking me what's that, I've been saying the same thing consistently for over a year now. $200 million will take care of a lot of problems. You, you take that $200 yeah. million that you're asking for in bond funds for both teams uh, or the 120 just for, for a, a basketball team, right now it would be 200 You You write that check yourself, you, a lot of your problems go away. But, I, I mean, I can't say that that pencil's out for Chris Hansen. I, I find I have a hard time believing it would. Um and so we are where we are. Is it an impossible situation? Yeah. If you can't overcome that, if you can't overcome that MOU difficulty, it's going to be very tough to get through this, the entire FEIS project because of all the political opposition that's going to line up on both fronts. I mean, it, it is what it is. You're, you're going to have opposition no matter what to sports arenas and to sports venues in any city. Uh, but because of the nature, the sensitive nature of the traffic issues in Soto and 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 you know some of some of the uh, voices that we have now on city council and, and stuff that oppose the, the idea of of a sport a publicly subsidized venue, which this still is going to be. It's part, it's a public venue. The city's going to be taking ownership of it. I mean that's you're going to have those problems. And I think if you eliminate the financial side of it, the financing problems, you, you really put yourself a lot further ahead. So it's going to be very interesting to see how the Hansen camp reacts after the FEIS comes out and, and if they make any definitive statements about their level of commitment to the financing uh, the remainder of the way. That That's what I'm going to be looking for. Okay. So it's Jeff, a long speech, okay, wasn't it? One, yeah, it's okay. If it's all right, yeah. I do have one more question. With uh, private dollars, uh, all private dollars apparently stepping up in Tequila, and uh, the rumors about Bellevue would be that it would be a similar uh, financing plan, all private dollars. Is there any chance that um, the leverage that these other locations gain could cause the mines to come together and possibly merge efforts in Soto? I I mean, anything's possible in sports. Uh, I think I said this last week. I mean, anything's, anything's possible in the sports world. Um, just when you think you've seen the craziest stuff happen, uh, something even crazier will top it. So, no, that, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, but I'll tell you what, as, as the Bartoszek group gets closer to actually spending money, you know, bigger money on, on these land commitments and these deals, I mean, I think that possibility is going to go away. Now, you know, if the Chris Hansen project dies on arrival, let's say he pulls out of it uh, in the next year or so, and and that's dead, and, and the city of Seattle is free or and King County is free to go looking for another partner, would they approach Ray Bartizak? Yeah, that's possible. Sure. Um, you know, and I'm not I'm not Ray Bartizak's agent. I'm not recommending that, but I'm sure they would. Uh, you know, I'm sure they would like to have that opportunity. The problem, as I mentioned, is that they're they're bound to an agreement with Chris Hansen that runs through 2017. So there's another two and a half years to go on that. And even if you want to right now, if you're the city of Seattle, you can't pull out of that deal without potentially a huge litigation problem on your hands. And, uh, and, and so that's where you're kind of at an impasse. The city, you know, ironically, what's holding up a lot of getting, I'm going to say that it's very ironic what's holding up getting this arena done in Seattle is the guy that, that very much wants to, to bring an NBA team back here. He's going to have to change 
his vision and go to a hockey first vision or or it looks like it's not going to happen for him in Seattle and that's preventing the because they have this MOU that runs through 2017 it prevents the city of Seattle from seeking alternative investors to build that arena because they're bound contractually to the guy that they signed this five-year deal with so it's a very complicated right. situation, and that's what's causing, I, I know, a lot of the frustration for the NBA, for the, not the NBA, but for the NHL, and for, and for the city, frankly, um, you know, because they don't want to lose this thing to Tuckwell. I, I don't blame yeah. them. Yeah. Well, Jeff, um, I know you're busy today, and uh, you've got papers to pour over from Tequila, so I'm going to let you go, and I want to thank you for coming on again, and I hope you come on again in the near future. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks, All Jeff. Right, thanks, Jeff. Take care, guys. All right. Uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to take a short break. But when we come back, uh, Otto and I are going to have a conversation about uh, what all is going on here. There's been so much to talk about, and uh, we're just going to try to process all this information together. Um, so we will see you back in just a couple minutes. The Ferris State Bulldogs beat the University of Michigan Wolverines. The Ferris State University Bulldogs defeat the Michigan State University Spartans 4 to 1. And the Bulldogs win 8 to 1 over the Ohio State Bulldogs. Ferris State hockey season tickets are on sale now. Reserve your spot for all 19 home games. Includes two games each versus Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, and Notre Dame. $175 for adults, $80 for students. Contact the ticket office at 591-2888 or log on to FerrisStateBulldogs.com. Salutes the 1980 USA gold medal hockey team here in their new Volkswagen Vanagon, the greatest hockey team in the world. Get your free team photo and see the full line of Volkswagens at your local Volkswagen dealers. Hockey love. Hockey love. Like when the Thrashers score a goal and those giant fur heads shoot flames 20 feet out of their mouth, you can feel the warmth fall over you. Can you feel? That's hockey love. The hockey love. Or when a player is sent to the penalty box to think about the wrong he has done, that is the league version of sending a kid to a timeout. Done with tough hockey love. From Midtown to Marriott, Jonesboro to Alpharetta. Sometimes in between periods, they have little tight hockey Little kids playing hockey in their little thrashers uniforms. They try so hard and their parents are so proud, so full of hockey love. I'm talking about hockey love! I wish I could go out there and play against them. I bet I could kick some ass. <laughs> All right. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. Drop that puck! Drop that puck! Drop that puck! 
Take a seat, because you've just been sent to the sin bin with your host, Paul Rogers, who is a college graduate. We're all Eastern, weren't you, Ned? That's what it said in the yearbook, Jim. Uh-huh. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the Seattle Sin Bin. want to thank Jeff Baker for hopping on with us earlier uh, in the show. And Otto, he had so many things to say. Uh, what are your impressions from what, from what, from everything that's going on? Oh, my gosh. Um, no, it's, it's just been a whirlwind. Um, the biggest, biggest takeaways from me listening to Jeff is that if if we can if Tequila can get their uh, if the the, F, the EIS expedited that they would have a complete uh, EIS complete um, before before Hanson um, has his portion of it done. That's what it sounded like to me. Is that was that clear when Jeff said that? Well, um, I, I think what he was saying the the FEIS is going to be done um, on the seventh. I'm confident of that, but. What Jeff was saying, I think, was that there's so many that there's still other things that have to happen after that, which is, right. um, you know, council approving the FEIS, and also we're going to have that street vacation uh, issue come up over the summer, um, and then we've got the politics entering into it, um, and right. you know, and the mass- I, I don't think anyone at this moment believes that we're going to have the master use permit in Soto before January, and right. what it sounds like is. Um, now, and, and this is all with a big caveat, of course. I mean, if right. Bartizak truly has the financing lined up, if he truly has the investors lined up, if he truly has the land acquired, and it sounds like he does, uh, but if that if that is the case, um, you know, with, with Tequila having so much less red tape than Seattle and being willing to expedite the environmental reviews, um, you know, even if even if it's just a standard six to twelve months, they could be ready. They could have their master use permit in October. So I, right. I think what Jeff was saying is they they can beat Hanson to the to the to the big enchilada, which is the master use permit. And of course, uh, the other huge advantage is the NHL. And you know, like he was saying, if Soto comes up with that NHL modification, and he was adding in uh, changing the financing to all private, I. I honestly don't think that's going to happen. That part, I uh, I, I could see the scenario where they have the mo the mou mod, uh, right. but that's you know they're you know I have my doubts that they're going to go all private, um, and uh, you know you you would think that um, Coleman, I mean especially with this week happening, you would think that if there's a genuine chance of the MOU being modified that they they might get the hint and start you know telling us that soon because yeah, you know they, I mean, they could fall behind yeah and, and they can lose you know it, it's great that um the mayor murray he's been he continues to make statements and very positive statements about if the if it pencils out you know if he gets a plan he'll take it to the council but i think at this point we need if we need to hear from Victor Coleman or Chris Hansen if they have something to to show or something to share. You know, we because right now it just looks like Tequila they're they're just on a fast 
you know, fast pass to to get in that arena. I mean, everything, all all the new details, all the all the sketches. It just seems like everything is just kind of the, the seeds are kind of parting of the ways. And whereas yeah. the, the you know the Hanson and Coleman group, we're we're still like hoping for you know uh, financials from Victor Coleman, but we still haven't heard anything yet. So it's almost like a waiting game. You know, I got to think a lot of this is. Uh, you know, vacuums get vacuums get filled, voids get filled, and uh, part of this is uh, Chris Hansen plays things so close to the chest, and you know that's one of the ways he got as far as he has is, is by playing it this close to the chest. And you know, I think Coleman is the same, and I think we're at a stage now where they got to start telling people, they got to start communicating, and you know, I would think that. You know, if they've got something, this would be a, this would be a great wait, a great week to yeah. let us know about it. At least let us know if they're working on it. Um, and yeah. I would say, by you know, this is just me talking. Um, the other the other guys at Sonics Rising may disagree with this, but this is just me talking. I would think uh, on May seventh when they release the FEIS, they need to give us a major update about the status of the NHL. Is there a chance this is going to happen? Are they working on it? Or better yet, uh, say we've got a plan and, you know, we just put it on Mayor Murray's desk. You know, they they need, you know, they cannot simply play the waiting game anymore. They have lost the momentum. They have lost the, uh, uh, at least publicly, they've lost momentum. To Tuckwilla, right. and it sounds like Bellevue could not, might not be far behind. Yeah, and here's the thing, and with um, with, with uh, Baker saying that Barzak, he's gonna uh, submit the uh, EIS paperwork on Friday. I mean, you're right, Hanson and Coleman, they need to have some sort of indication that an NHL first MOU is possible. They, even if they don't have all the financials set in stone yet. They need to at least give some sort of indication that 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 this is a possible scenario. Otherwise, like you said, they're going to start kind of losing the hearts and minds of the public, even if whatever is happening behind the scenes might still be, yeah. you know, there might be progress there. But all we're, all we're seeing right now as fans and as as people who are just onlookers, all we're seeing is the Quilla. They're you know they're making things happen, and you know Seattle. And Hanson and Coleman, it just seems like it's it's kind of like you know stuck in neutral. Yeah, and you know the the political aspect of this is also important. Otto, um, yesterday Pete von Reichbauer was came out and said he basically uh, thanked Chris Hansen for his effort, but basically said that he didn't think Chris Hansen had a chance to get this done. Now that's a vote on the councils. Um, yeah. And well, you know yeah, who knows I, how the other council members members are responding, but you know, and more importantly, that's a county vote. And if you look yeah. at Tequila, it's part of King County. You know, they may have some political work to do on the King County Council. Go ahead, Otto. Yeah, no, I mean, Pete Reichbauer. He's, I mean, no offense to him, he might be right. He, that Hampton, you know, is out of the game or whatnot. He might be right, but he has been against that Soto location from day one. And, yes, he has. you know, I, I just take everything he says with a grain of salt, you know? So, yeah. um, you know, I don't want to, like, yeah, you know, and it's like, this. it's like Brian was telling us in the, in the podcast last night, Otto. I mean, he's in, yeah. he's in the pocket of the Mariners and we all know 
the Mariners have been against this from the beginning. Um, yeah. And, you know, if if this goes to Tuckwill, they'll have no choice but to embrace that because they can't oppose it. <laughs> but, I mean, the, right. the Mariners yeah, sure. just don't want anyone cutting into their market share, and, and Von Reichbauer is helping them. But, you know, this get, at the very least, it gives him an excuse to say it, you know, yeah. and uh, – Chris, Chris Hansen, I love him, and I, I still hope he wins. I because he put so much work into this. I don't think we would be in this even this close if Chris oh, no. Hansen had to come forward a couple of years ago. Um, but you know, him and Coleman have got to make this happen and make it happen soon. I mean, there, there's no option anymore. There's got to be that NHL, NHL first modification. You know, unless uh, you know, and uh, Kevin Nisgoda keeps telling me that the NBA is going to beat the NHL to Seattle, you know, and, you know, he may be right, but unless the NBA pulls a team out of its butt, uh, by next <laughs> fall, uh, yeah. you know, so basically that would have to be the bucks. Yeah. Uh, right. and you know, I still kind of think they're going to get it done in, in Milwaukee, unless the NBA pulls something out of its butt. Uh, we need an NHL first modification. Don't you think? Right. I mean, yeah, the NHL, I mean, now with Tequila, if the whole Tequila thing pencils out, you know, if the financials are there, I mean, it's possible. Think about it. If we can get, if you know, I don't know, if we can get shoveled to the ground, you know, in November or December, I don't know how long, you know, that process takes. But if we can get a shovel in the ground November, November of, uh, you know, 2015, you know, add 18 months. Add 18 months to that, and we'll be ready for, we'll be ready for a brand-new arena opening uh, for the start of the 2017 start of 2018 season, so I mean that's so that's you know less than two years from now, right? So um, you know I mean it's just uh, you know the NHL. I mean Hanson Hanson and Coleman they they have to understand now that now we have to have a viable a viable competition in Tequila, and you know we that they need to really accelerate the process if they can. So. Um, yeah. I'm just I'm just really excited to actually have things to look at, you know, uh, to debate where the arena's going to go, to debate, you know, how how we're going to build up this yeah. area, debate um, the traffic and how we're, we can mitigate the traffic. I'm just excited that we got something to talk about now instead of just yeah. speculation. Yeah, about, like, as much as I still think that Soto is by far a better location, I mean, if you talk about transportation-wise, there, there's no other place – in the Puget Sound, it's going to be better than Soto. It intersects with I-90. It intersects with I-5. Um, and, oh, yeah. we, you know, it, if Chris can get this done, that that's by far the best location. And I, I'm really rooting for him because he's put so much work into this already. Um, he's put a lot of his time and, time and money into it. Um, and I want him to win. But if he doesn't, you know, um, we can't control that. And if... The main thing is we get an arena. We we have to get yeah. an arena, or this opportunity is going to pass. Is going to go by us. Yeah, and this has yeah. to. Yeah, and done. you know, I mean, if if it doesn't happen in in the Soto area for Chris, um, you know, he still has a lot of valuable real estate. So I mean, he's not going to come out completely empty-handed, you know, out of this deal. He's still going to have a, control a lot of valuable real estate in the downtown Seattle area. Uh, we've seen we've seen you know how uh, business has been booming in downtown Seattle, so and real estate uh, rates have been going up. So I mean he's gonna be able to get a nice return. I would love love for this to work in Soto. It's the best location. 
You know, I would love Chris Hansen to be involved with that and, and, and to be a part of that because, like you said, you know, if it wasn't for him initially kind of like doing all the grunt work from the very start, I mean, I don't even know if, if we would have all these other uh, scenarios uh, popping up. So, you know, I owe yeah. Chris a lot for everything he's done in the past, but if it can't happen there, I, you know, and it, it's of course more likely than, you know, I, you know, I'm sorry, Chris, you know, it's, you know, I, I need a team, you know, so. Yeah, we need a team. You know, it, it's, uh, it's going to get a lot more interesting. And, uh, you know, like we talked about earlier, um, this is all with one huge caveat. I mean, Coleman, yeah. not Coleman, Bartizek says he has the money, says he has everything lined up, says he has all the land acquired. Um, yeah. Is that true or is it not? Um, and, and if he does, uh, I think he might be in the driver's seat now. Uh, if he doesn't, yeah. he's just going to be a big blowhard and he'll go away. Um, right. And, of course, the danger there is if he if it does turn out that he's a, just being a blowhard here, um, then he could have the effect of torpedoing a plan that's actually close to being done. Right. Uh, but, you know, I I just have a hard time believing that he would get this far, that he's got these letters from the city of Tequila, that he's, you know, that he's – the fact that the city of – I think those drawings – that came out today came from the city. The fact yeah. that the fact that that is happening, uh, I don't think the city is coming with him this far unless he actually does have the investors. So uh, I right. want Chris and to win, but he he's got to come forward. Right, and, and it seems like just listening to Baker talk, it seems like they got like a huge stack of documents from the city. You know, it, it seems like. There's so much information uh, that they put in and that um, with Jerry Lee and uh, those discussions with the city that they, that obviously this is, you know, a serious, you know, a, a serious bid. So, you know. Yeah, and it, I, since, since that guy is the architect of the group, I wouldn't be surprised if in the near future we see renderings. Would you? No, I mean, I, I would think renderings are going to be the next step. I mean, we, you know, we have sketches of where, where this arena might be, what it might look like in regards to where it fits on those uh, land yeah. parcels. But, you know, we haven't seen any sketches in regards to what this arena would look like. You know, that will that also and be it seems like And it seems so. like you'd have to have a lot of the architecture done before you can apply for the environmental reviews. I mean, I'm not an expert, but right. doesn't it, it seem that way to you? Like, uh, they if they don't have architectural drawings ready to go, what would they have to review? So... Um, right. I, yeah. You know, yeah. I would too. Yeah. So it's going to get really, really interesting. And then, of course, the the X factor is, um, you know, Jeff mentioned it tonight, and I, I think maybe Daniels mentioned it last night. Uh, Bellevue's still out there. They're still lurking. And just because we haven't heard from them doesn't mean they're not going to drop something soon. So uh, right. we could, you know, we could have a three horse race within a couple weeks. I mean. Right. How insane would that be? Well, well that, and, that yeah. would be really exciting, really insane. But you know, um, I know some some have mentioned you know the traffic difficulties with Tequila, and uh, you know that the site that they were looking at originally in Bellevue. I mean, if you're concerned about traffic difficulties, <laughs> that Bellevue site that would have yeah. an insane amount of tra- traffic. Um, but you know, that's something, Paul. That's something. Um, 
that I wanted to speak to. There are a couple of questions in regards to uh, questions, some of the questions on the Songs Rising commentary and, um, you know, via Twitter uh, about the traffic and, and how that's that's going to be mitigated. I mean, I, first of all, I don't think there's going to be any kind of uh, traffic or, or transit option that is going to be suitable for, it's going to be perfect for everybody. I think I think you, you'd you want to reach as the largest piece of the pie regards to population as you can. Um, there's concerns about, you know, what, you know, those, those rail lines and, you know, the commuter rail, um, but those all are all things that you, you can be negotiated with with uh, Burlington Northern to to lease those tracks and and, and use those trains. Um, so there's a lot of opportunity um, to get those commuter rails trains. There there's there's a light light rail that stops at I believe International Boulevard. And there's there's a, a shuttle that goes from that station to the Sounder station. So there's there is a lot of yeah. Options. Um, well, yeah, and on that, yeah, and on that, I mean, it, it's a similar issue to this auto. Uh, yesterday, what was the main concern everyone was raising? How are they going to fit the arena on that tiny little sliver of land? And then, yeah. you know, I'm trying to tell people, you know, he, they probably already got other land in in mind, and everyone right, yeah. was really skeptical. And I don't, I don't blame them. You want to see it, uh, but it yeah. turns out, yeah, they already had that address. They, they already have. Yeah. Uh, more land in mind, and it's it and it makes sense. Everything makes sense now, and it could yeah. be that they've already got a bunch of the transportation worked out, and we don't know that. You know, they they may yeah, have more ideas than just the commuter train and and the light rail. Right, and you know where where, where they put the new arena, according to you know what Baker uh, put, it, it's kind of like a light industrial area right there. There's, there's uh, I counted about seven, seven, seven hotels in the area. So I think that was another um, big factor uh, in that location. Is you, you might have up to over a thousand rooms uh, within a five to ten minute walking distance to the arena. So I mean, imagine that. I mean, that's that's huge that you would kind of have that in there. And also, yeah. um, all, uh, all the entertainment options that are right there within probably about a 15 to 20 minute walk or, you know, a five to 10 minute drive, uh, you know, no, you know, to the North, to, to, to the West and to, and to the East and the South. So, I mean, it's, it's a perfect location for Tequila. You know, um, like we talked about, you know, Artist Soto's um, the best location, but in regards to having all your amenities, all your restaurants, all your shops and things, that is a really good location and centralized location uh, in relation to between, you know, Bellevue and Seattle. Yeah. Okay, Otto. Well, this is my second podcast of the week, and I, I think it's about time to wrap this one up. But, uh, you know, you know, I folks, just uh, keep keep coming to Sonics Rising. Uh, keep following Daniels and, uh, and Baker on Twitter uh, because it's it, this is very fluid, and you heard Jeff even say it tonight there's documents that they have in their hands that they haven't even read yet. So right. we know there's going to be no, more news pouring out over the next few days. We know that Bartizek is scheduled to uh, apply for the arena reviews on Friday. And so there's yep. going to be a lot more news coming out. Um, I'm almost positive that I'm not going to do another podcast this week. Okay. It, okay. Well, <laughs> um, let's, let's my, my wife, my wife might get mad at me if I do, but uh, I'm not going to guarantee that we're not going to do yeah. another podcast because something major could drop and I may want to yeah. talk about it. 
Yeah. But Paul, I just, I just, uh, I just wanted to add one, one more uh, couple of things. Um, first, you know, just a uh, uh, huge. I, I want to be thankful to the Sox Rising community and all the hockey fans and all all the arena fans out there for uh, all the you know all the comments, all the tweets, all the uh, Sox Rising commentary. Uh, message uh, messages and things like that because without without all you guys I mean we would just be talking you know amongst ourselves although that's fun too but so I just want a huge shout out yeah. to the Southwest community huge shout uh, shout out to all the guests that we've had huge shout out to, uh, to all, everyone on Twitter and uh, Facebook that have uh, asked us questions and, uh, and and really engaged with us um, without you guys um, you know we would just be kind of talking at ourselves so. Right. I agree. I agree. All right. That's going to bring an end to tonight's broadcast. I want to thank my my co-host, Otto, for hopping on with me tonight. I missed him last week when he wasn't with me. Uh, I want to thank uh, Jeff Baker for coming on. And uh, uh, right now, I think the next time we're going to have a podcast is a week from tonight. But the way things are going with breaking news, you just never know. Uh, But uh, in the meantime, have a great day. And we'll see you then. Joining us in the Sin Bin with Paul Rogers.